This is a Sydney EO production. Welcome to episode 7 of the Sydney EO Business Podcast. I'm Brendan Tarazzi, the host of the show, and today I'm joined with Justin Dubolt from Intelligent Finance. G'day, Justin. Hey, thank you for having me. Oh, it's great to have you on the show. So tell me a little bit about um, what Intelligent Finance does. We run a mortgage broking company, so we arrange finance for clients buying properties in Australia, so be it a residential property, a commercial property, also car finance, equipment finance, debtor factoring, so lots of lending uh, but we predominantly do residential and commercial finance for properties, whether it being buying or refinancing. Now, I've got a bit of a personal experience with you, Justin, because you've arranged quite a few loans for me and helped me out of trouble. What Justin isn't telling you is that he's the number one mortgage broker in Australia. So that's an amazing achievement. How did you get there? Uh, a lot of hard work. Uh, seven days a week I used to work from... 3 to 5 a.m. in the morning, I used to start and finish at 10, 11 o'clock at night, pretty much seven days a week. Uh, so it was a lot of hard work. Uh, just, yeah, focus, build a great team behind me, and that helped you know, create the, the business that we created over the last 15 years. Right, so you've been going 15 years? Yeah, 15 as of October. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And so at the moment, there's a lot of stuff happening in the... I guess, and banking regulation, that sort of thing. How is that affecting the outlook? Uh, it, it's going to make it very hard for uh, clients to actually borrow money because the lending with all the regulation changes, you would have seen the Royal Commission, uh, they've called out a lot of the banks for uh, dirty behaviour and the Banking Royal Commission actually wasn't even meant to include mortgage brokers or insurance brokers uh, but the bank wanted to have uh, a, a blame partner. So when they were brought into the Royal Commission, they pushed the regulator and the Royal Commission to actually include brokers and other um, ancillary businesses so that uh, the limelight and the, the dirty practices that they were doing wasn't just shone on them, but they could push it over to other people, which is untrue. Yeah, right. Okay, so... If we sort of go back 15 years ago, were you a bit of an innovator when you start this whole concept of brokers? Because I'm sure at the time banks were like, what the hell do we need a broker for? Yeah. We'll just do it ourselves. We weren't one of the first brokers, but um, we were right you know, near the beginning of the broking market as it started taking off. So you had your Aussie Home Loans, your Wizard, uh, and those guys kind of pioneered. They, they did a lot of the hard work right at the start. Yeah. Uh, and then we picked up the baton and started running with it and – our model's unique to the rest of the market and we were pretty much the first people to uh, run the model that we were running uh, and it sort of leveraged off my engineering and project management background. I've also got degrees in finance and accounting but which helped me on the finance and advice piece that we give our clients. But my engineering and project management uh, background allowed me to uh, process more loans more efficiently than other brokers were doing. Like we would write... Well, I personally would be able to write uh, more loans in one month than most other brokers would write in a whole year just because we were more efficient with our processes and systems. So with that award that you've won being the number one broker in Australia, are you competing against the likes of, I don't know, if Aussie Home Loans are still around, are they still considered a broker? Because yeah. they're, they're considered a brokerage. So we've, I run a brokerage, 
But out of, I think there's about 17,000 brokers in Australia, 17,000 mortgage brokers. And the I think Aussie Home Loans might employ 800 to 1,000 of them. And you'll have uh, all different other companies that employ brokers and have brokers. So out of all of those brokers, yeah, we were ranked number one broker um, in Australia. And so is that is that a collective of everybody <clears throat> at Intelligent Finance, or no, is just, it just the, you personally? Just, just me. The volume that I personally write. Wow. Uh, yeah, so I write yeah more than most other companies. That uh, even companies that have got you know, 10, 15 brokers. My personal volume is more than than them. Yeah. And do you leverage technology <coughs> to to make that happen, or is uh, it is it do you physically have to touch everything to? to we, phys- we physically touch everything. The issue with our industry is it's constantly evolving. So if we had built a, a technology piece two years ago, six months later would be out of date because we're kind of the conduit between the lender and the customer, and the lender's requirements are constantly changing. The way that they want to, an application completed changes regularly. You mean there's more boxes to tick? <clears throat> there's more boxes, more paper uh, to tick. The clients, their their needs are changing. The regulators' needs and requirements are changing. So we're constantly evolving the business. So if we had a technology piece in place, it would we would spend more money adapting it uh, and keeping it modified to be current. Uh, so we've literally the system that we implemented or that I built 15 years ago. It hasn't really changed that much from 15 years ago. It's just we've tweaked it to become more efficient with how we process the bits of paper that we collect and uh, get approved for clients. And so tell me a little bit more about your staffing. Like you've got your offices up in Bondi Junction, but do you have any other like a support team to help you process all the all these? Uh Loans. Yeah, so what I leveraged off my background in project management and logistics. So instead of having, and most other broking firms, what they have is they'll have a broker and the broker takes the loan application from from the inquiry stage all the way to settlement. So you've, there's a lot of skill sets that you need uh, throughout that whole process. So at the front end, you might need someone who's good at sales to convince the client to come on board. You might then need someone who's good at admin to chase the client for the information, someone that's technical to be able to analyse that information, then someone who's got good processing skills to be able to process it and get it all pushed through the lender. Then So, then, so there's all these different stages in the process and you need different skill sets uh, throughout that whole process. So generally a broker doesn't possess all of those skill sets or they're good at one area. So we basically play to our strengths. So I've effectively built a production line along the whole system so we've got people at the start. So I'll speak to the client, get the client on board, and then my team follow my detailed processes that we've built over the years and refined constantly and use our checklist to send the right piece of information and get the right information back from the client at each stage. We then process it, and we've got different people along each each stage. We've got um, staff that support us in the Philippines as well that do a lot of the hack work behind the scenes and just make my staff in, in Australia's jobs easier. And... Then at the end, uh, the loan will be approved. I then meet with the client, tie up any loose ends, sign the loan documents, and then we've got another team of uh, staff that support the clients after settlement. So any modifications they need to the loan, any tweaking where they want to fix a portion of their loan, switch the loan, fix it, make it interest only again, do a top-up, they'll collect all that information so we can start that process again. So is it about painting the right picture to the banks or is that just gone out the window in 2018 now because of all the extra regulation? Uh, It's getting the right information up front because you only get one shot at getting 
the application uh, approved for the first time. So uh, it's not necessarily putting lipstick on a pig, but it's effectively it could taking, certainly help though. It, wouldn't it? it would help. <laughs> it's a bit of that, but yeah. it, it's it's getting the right information, analysing what information you've got, and then turning around and working out which lender would have the high, the best appetite for approving that loan with all of that information. So there's no point if you've got a lender that wants two years financials uh, to approve someone's loan, if you've only got one good year's financials of a client, there's no point pushing a square peg into a round hole. So what we do is we gather all the information, analyze it, work out what the limiting factors are with that particular application, and then we turn around and work out which lender can do the structure that we want using that information at the cheapest interest rate. Yeah. So, and that's one of the key things that we do that's different uh, to other brokers. It's like playing a game of chess in a way. You've got to anticipate what the other side's going to do before they do it, and how, you know have it strategically mapped out. Yeah, hundred percent. We 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 very much play that game of chess because uh, I'd say ninety percent of loans that we write, we've actually workshopped that loan through the credit department of of different lenders to work out who has the highest appetite. So instead of us pushing an application into the system trying to get the bank to approve it and and beg them and you know cross our fingers and pray, we've actually ro- workshopped it and road tested it through different credit departments. And then when we put the application in, they're actually pulling that application in to the top of their pile because, A, because of the volume of business that we write and the quality of applications that we submit, it allows the lenders to effectively uh, approve loans faster. Yeah. So they, most of them want to approve, want to work on our applications first because it's a quick deal that they can tick off because they know that we're going to supply all the information and the documentation up front. Yeah, so I guess your history and reputation with all these credit providers makes it easier for you to get if you if they know if you're going to put something forward it's it's going to be worth considering at least 100 percent. and we deal with over 40 lenders and a lot of those lenders have got dedicated departments that look after our deals so and they know what our quality is like so and they know that our clients uh we've got zero arrears rates with our clients uh, uh we don't have to they don't have to pick up the file and keep touching it several times so yeah we definitely get uh, priority treatment for our clients I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit here, but can you tell me a story about where you've been able to create something extra for a client that perhaps they weren't anticipating or... Oh, geez. It's like, where do I start? Every day we're uh, under-promising and over-delivering on, on what we do. Um, give you an example. Just uh, today, a client of ours took us out to lunch to thank us. They got referred to us. Uh, a few months ago, we did the loan for them and they were all approved. They ended up buying a property, valuation came in short. We ended up, then there was a mortgage insured loan. So we ended up having to go to four different valuation companies and four different banks to try and get a valuer that would approve, would value it at that purchase price. Uh, so we were just, we ran around, probably spent another 20 hours on top of the time that we normally would have um, spent on that application. But the client was over the moon and they've already referred us to two new clients. So we've built the business without spending money on the, uh, the standard advertising that other people would do. So you've got people would spend money on print media or internet. Uh, we reinvest a lot of that money that other people would spend on advertising. We reinvest that in uh, improving our processes, paying our staff more money and having more staff per application so our customer has a better experience and 
that our customers become our sales conduit and they are basically our sales force yeah. and they're raving fans and just push more business to us on a daily basis. Have you had any of the banks refer your customers? <laughs> yeah, they, we are. say, Justin, we can't deal with this, our, our systems can't deal with this, can you make this happen for us? Well, it's funny, we, we get a lot of clients that get referred to us, they work in, say, the credit department or the documentation department of a particular bank and when they go for their own loans or they... Uh, want to refer their when their friends say, say them, well you work in mortgages can you give me a refer- yeah can you do my loan and they actually refer the, the business to us so we do a lot of loans for people that work in the bank uh, because they know how, how good the, what the quality of our loan applications are like and that there's a higher chance of them getting approved through us and it's funny that often we may even put them back to the with back to their same institution that they work for and we're able to get a better deal better structure better rate then they can even take into account their staff discounts that they get. Mm. So many Sydney siders are, are sort of property obsessed. What's your view on the market in the next, I don't know, 12, 24 months? I think it's going to slow <clears throat> sorry, I think it's going to slow down a little bit just purely for the fact that uh, lending's tighten up. Lenders have, or the regulators brought in what's called responsible lending, where previously they used to use what was called HEM, which was just a um, a basic living expense calculation that say you know, two adults, two kids, uh, we can only we can factor in say two and a half thousand dollars a month worth of living expenses. Where now they're actually looking through your financials and your bank statements and scraping that data, and they're saying no, you're spending five or six thousand dollars a month in living expenses. So by having more higher living expenses, it reduces the overall amount they can actually lend. So uh, I think. Effectively, when people go to an auction or go to buy a property, they say, in the, or the calculation in their head is, I've got $200,000 cash. Get, the bank's going to lend me $500,000. That's that's my limit. Therefore, I've got $700,000 to spend. So when they bid at auction, they've only got $700,000 to spend. If we could get them another $100,000 of loan, they would have $800,000 to spend. If we can only get them $300,000, they've only got $500,000 to spend. So effectively, the amount of uh, loan that we can get them is the strongest determination of how much they can spend at an auction, and how much they can spend at an auction is what properties sell for. If more people in the room have got less money, the property prices are going to go down. So I think that's going to put a bit of downward pressure on property prices. Uh, So I think responsible lending is what's going to slow the market down. I've noticed I like walking my dog up in Dover Heights most mornings, and uh, one of the streets I drive up has got three quite well actually there's two really large houses yeah and one not so big but still pretty big and they've just had the for sale signs up for about i reckon six months yeah just sitting there well hopefully they've done the right thing and maybe they have done the right thing where a lot of clients are making the mistake that they're uh, buying before they sell in a market that's increasing that's going up in value then you should buy before you sell so at least you know you've locked in your, your purchase price and then you can sell it uh, and you know you can definitely sell your place. In a market that's a bit turbulent and sometimes going down a little bit like it is now, it's prudent to sell your place before you actually buy because we've got a few clients that have got caught with, with their bum between two chairs where they've bought a property and we've told them, we told them before, we said, sell your place before you buy because if the market goes down and you can't sell, you're going to be in trouble. And most of our clients will listen to that advice. Two clients in particular that currently right now have bought before they've sold and now they're struggling to sell their property. So the, the people that you saw in Dover Heights, 
probably they're, they're trying to get a certain price for their property and they can afford to hold on to it because they haven't gone and bought. So they probably have done the right thing. Um, but if they do genuinely want, genuinely want to sell, they probably have to readjust the price that they're, they're wanting because whatever they could have gotten six or 12 months ago has definitely come back. Mm, and there's always still pockets that are going crazy, like, I don't know, certain parts. That oh, are- absolutely. Like your, your Bellevue Hills, even Dover Heights, Bellevue Hill, Vaucluse, for properties that are renovated, I'd say over $5 million and up, they're getting still record prices. You know, ten, fifteen million dollar properties are, are breaking records because there's a lot of demand uh, and then, and in, in that price range, and a lot of people buying in that price range are buying more from an emotional perspective. Uh, they've they've got the money to spend, or they're downsizing from the the thirty million down to exactly. down to fifteen. <laughs> it's only a lazy fifteen. Exactly. Jump in. <laughs> exactly. Um, so tell, I'll, I'll just sort of change the the, uh, the topic now to EO. Why did you get involved in EO and how long have you been in the chapter for? I've been in EO for about five years. Um, I think I joined... We, we're actually in the, we're in the, uh, the, the training uh, forum session. training session together. Yeah, I remember that. Yeah. Um, I think it was at the Hilton... Was it Hilton Hotel? Yeah. Yep. And so, yeah, I joined EO because I wanted to uh, expand uh, my thinking about business I pretty much was working seven days a week, 18-hour days, and I wanted to be able to leverage off other people's thinking. So I very much only spoke to people that were in mortgages. That's All the conferences I went to were mortgage-based, uh, and people would tell – they'd all talk about how to sell uh, more mortgages. I didn't need to sell more mortgages. I was, I was already selling more mortgages than, than anybody else. Um, I wanted to learn how to be better at business and how to um, – you know, leverage off staff and how to uh, improve other areas of my life, my personal life. And uh, a mate of mine, Gavin Solsky, he's part of YPO and he told me about uh, YPO and EO years ago uh, when I only had, when my business was small and he said, you've got to join this and then, um, you know, eventually once the business was big enough but also once I remembered and found the time, Gavin reminded me and uh, put me in contact with EO and, uh, yeah, the rest is history. I joined it and uh, it's been fantastic because I remember there was a girl, uh, I think it was Penny Spencer, she had a travel agency. That was one of the first, I think the second um, uh, presentations that I went to and she was talking about um, the ups and downs of travel and how it's changed in the travel industry and it was actually quite interesting to hear a story because at the time our industry kept going up and I thought when I before I went there, I thought, well, how can I relate to this? It's got, I'm not in travel, and my business is booming. And but I went there and listened, and uh, it was actually quite interesting because uh, it allowed me to prepare for my business. You know, now that the, you know, the market's slowing, and this, you know, we, we go through a bit of turbulent time sometimes, and it allows me to leverage some of the learnings I got from her, and and also so many other different businesses you've got a complete myriad of businesses you never even thought were a business mm. and people are making good money of it uh, and it's just great to see. And, you know, we've had, I've seen some guys hit some really highs and some really low lows uh, through EO and it's great to learn from them, see how they've dealt with it because uh, it's all about learning and, you know, everyone's very open and sharing. I remember also when I first joined, uh, one of the guys there, uh, you know, that, and everyone – Previously, before you join EO, people are pretty secretive with you know, their business and they don't like to divulge stuff. As soon as I joined EO, one of the guys just grabbed me and um, said, oh, I heard you wanted to yeah, set up an office in the Philippines. Let me show you. And he took me to his office and just walked me through every single thing that he does, uh, offered to 
helped me find the, the, the staff overseas and basically said, look, uh, while he's setting up, you know, if, you're, if, you're, uh, if your staff members have got any issues, you can use my, um, my manager and they can you know, solve any problems uh, for you in the Philippines. So I was just like, wow, I've only, I knew this guy socially, but he was just open book. Whatever I needed, he was willing to help. So, and I think that's a common, yeah, that, that sense of community that uh, EOs have. I yep. mean, I have the same experience. People are just so open when yep. you, you know, you've got a question or you need some experience shares or, or whatever. You, there's always a network there that you can reach out to. Yeah, hundred percent. They've got like a Facebook page, like a closed Facebook page, but and people will post stuff. Do you know someone that does X? Yeah, and inevitably get you know five or ten responses of people referring and uh, sharing. Have you? Know, I'm looking to sell equity in my business. I'm looking to buy this. I'm looking to do something. Has someone had experience? You'll have five or six people that have got similar experience shares. And the good thing about it is people aren't telling you, going, oh, you should do this. They're saying, I've done this, this, and this, and if you want more advice or more um, direction on whatever I've advised you, whatever I've told you about, happy to open up. So people yeah. aren't telling you what to do. They're telling you what they've done. Yeah, uh, what they've experienced yeah. and, and what they found. Yeah. And it's a family affair now, Justin. Your wife, has, uh, Annalise, has joined EO as well. Yeah, well, when I was told, I think she was part of the first spousal forum, and they said to me, oh, look, you know, there's a spousal forum and uh, it's for the partners of uh, EO members. I thought, fantastic, because, you know, they're going to teach her how to cook, how to how to look after an EO, uh, an EO <laughs> entrepreneur. Uh, so I come home and they'll, you know, she'll have the foot spa ready. And, but it's not. The actual – she goes there and it's a complete opposite. Uh, she, sure, she, they tell Justin how to turn on the foot spa. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, been fantastic. She, she loves it because – uh, and to be honest, before I joined, when I joined EO, uh, I'd say to her, I've got, I'm going to my forum, you know, my forum meeting. I'd come back, you know, four or five hours, six, seven hours later because we'd go to dinner afterwards. And she'd say, I oh, said, so, you know, what, what do you talk about? I said, oh, nothing much. And she said, well, tell me, like, what do you do? And I was just like, nothing. I just chatted. And she's like, what, what do people talk about? And she was actually getting really defensive. And she actually wanted me to leave EO because she thought it was a cult. And, and she couldn't understand, like, why, you know, I'm her, you know, she's my wife. Why can't I tell her what I was discussing and why, why couldn't I trust her? And so she actually wanted me to leave. And then the spousal forum came up and then she went to EO. And now it's fantastic because now they effectively do the same uh, forums that we do. They talk, they don't talk business stuff because, you know, generally they don't run businesses. Some of them do. But uh, it's more about personal and family and they experience share the same way that we do with business and personal family. They do experience share with uh, a family and personal. So she's got a lot out of it. Um, she loves it. She's made some really good friends. Uh, again, I thought that it would just be a you know, one-hour meeting once every month or so, but they actually meet it's every... A full, it's a full EO experience. They follow everything. They even go on a retreat. They just came back from a, a five- or six-day retreat in Queenstown, yep. uh, and she's absolutely loving it. And now... When I say I'm going to to my forum meeting, she says, "Yep, no problem. There's no questions asked, yep. uh, and there's no guilt trip." And she actually encourages me to you know, do a lot more EO stuff. Oh, fantastic! Well, look, Justin, we're going to wrap up the interview now. Um, I've just got a few short questions to ask you. Uh, first one: How old are you? Forty-five. Okay, and um, what do you do to keep fit? Nothing. Nothing, I, Justin. I, I try. I used to train. I'm a bit of an extremist. I used to train seven days a week. Yep. And uh, I missed a day, and then I missed two days in a week, a month, and about 
15 years I haven't done exercise. Okay. We've just built a new house and I've put a gym in there. I have used it once, yep. but I am intending to get back into shape. I thought the equipment was looking pretty new still. So. <laughs> I've started motorbike riding, okay. uh, off-road riding, so that's Well, that'll strenuous. get your heart rate up. So. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, how many hours sleep are you getting per night? Uh, about six hours. Six hours, okay. Yeah. I used well, to get, there's, a, I, there's a few points of improvement here, mate. I used to get three to five, so it's right. a, oh, it well, is an you increase. Are, you have improved, okay. I beg your pardon. Yeah. Um, Next one, uh, do you have any personal personal goals you'd like to achieve in the next 12 months? I wanted to spend more time with family. Um, I want to work less, work more on my business, as everyone says, than in my business. But right now, with all the turmoil with the Royal Commission and uh, the changing industry, I think that's, that's going to be parked where I need to work in yep. my business, not on it. But uh, my main aim is to spend more time with my family. You know, the kids are gorgeous and yep. uh, I just want to hang out with them more. Cool. And then finally, uh, what business achievement would you like to be most remembered for? Ah, geez. Couldn't you have given me these questions earlier? <laughs> uh, business achievement uh, for doing things my way because when I built the business, I was told that the way that I process loans won't work and that's one of the reasons that I set up my business because I was working for another company beforehand and I said to him, surely I could get an assistant to leverage my time I've now got 18 assistants uh, that help me leverage it. And people said at the time, it's not an efficient business model. Uh, but there are other brokerage brokerage firms. that There's one guy that's got, I think, 40 or 50 brokers. And our model is more profitable than him, uh, than his model, Where and I'm the only broker. So it's just, uh, I've done it my way. Uh, I didn't listen to those naysayers that said it can't be done. And yeah, so and some people have started to copy it. It is quite... Uh, it needs a lot of work to keep maintaining, hmm. but yeah, that's. I think that's we've done it differently. Okay, fantastic. And then finally, if people want to find out a little bit more about Intelligent Finance yeah. website, yeah, uh, yeah, www.intelligentfinance.com.au, or send me an email at justin at intelligentfinance.com.au. Even give me a call in the office: o two nine three double o double six double nine. Beautiful. All right, Justin, thanks very much for coming on the show. No, thanks for having me, Brendan.